0: inflation is down to 5% year over year. The producer price index just came in. It declined half a percent over the last month. What does that mean for multifamily rents, the economy? If you want to know, stick around because every week at The Gray Report, we're breaking down all the latest research reports, articles, the new data points, and throwing around some original commentary. Everything revolving the multifamily industry, commercial real estate, housing, and the economy. So if you're a multifamily investor, active, passive, you're in the industry, you're in the right spot. Um, Let's get into it. Welcome back to The Gray Report. Thank you for joining us once again. Joined by uh, producer, co-host, Dr. Matt Bosnockel, Director of Communications and Marketing here at Gray Capital. Matt, interesting... Yeah. Week, um, as a macroeconomy, yeah, the family. Um, it, things are getting a little softer, but also maybe a recession. Yeah, I don't know.
1: this has been a weird week. Um, definitely yeah. interesting and not interesting in a bad way, like interesting times, yeah. but uh, it is, it, it, I don't think the market qu- qu- kind of quite knows what to do with itself. Well, we were talking to just uh, talking just before this and how the
0: market was responding yeah. to the report uh, that the Bureau of Labor Statistics released on their monthly, um. Report on inflation and the consumer price index. Yeah, it in, inflation, while you know, still certainly elevated, it's down to five percent year over year. You know, mm-hmm. we're da- we're back down from those peaks. You know, a yeah. high eight mm-hmm. percent, almost ten percent inflation, according to BLS. You know, yeah. the real number, whatever, and I'll get your house. Yeah, it, it might even get lower. It is, <laughs> and it, it could be. Well, and maybe it is right now. Yeah. Um, depending on how you look at housing, mm-hmm. a lot of people are actually. Um, taking housing out of yeah. view of inflation. They call it, what is it, the, the Powell? Well, it's like the Powell index. <sighs> okay. And it's, so it's it's core okay. services minus housing Okay, because housing is the way that it picks up a third of CPI. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a complete lagging indicator. It's about 12 months yeah. behind. Mm-hmm. And we know how quickly rents are rising and how they've been declining over the last six months. So it's you know market rents. I think we're seeing them actually pick up getting into the spring leasing season, seeing yeah. some momentum after two quarters of declines. But according to the CPI, you know, it, it was that it's still rising and it still has yeah. to go down. Yeah. Representing the last two quarters before it then begins to rise again. So it's just, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, we're that's like the tail wagging the dog and yeah
1: it really is it's it's like we we're, we're it's like we're towing a, a large boat and and some then like a, a sharp turn here and then you got to wait for the boat to turn around yeah. and yeah. and uh and it could easily swing things in a weird way and it's not always like um it's not always perfectly lagging as we'll kind of get into um in, in a second but i i saw this, this C, these cpi numbers as kind of an unalloyed good like this is great news. It's um, it's not necessarily accompanied by like a downturn in like hiring or anything. Um, at least as we've seen from like the uh, the PEC numbers were, were were good from a week or two yeah. ago. And so I, I thought you know maybe this is great. But then that same day there was a Fed minutes meeting and they released uh, their some of their projections and and it seemed like uh like a pallor like a little bit of a haze the uncertainty started creep back creeping back into the market such that uh at least the stocks weren't like all up yesterday yeah no
0: matt in one big other other piece of news eggs are down uh thank goodness eggs are down see um Take, that's, that's, take a that's a well, good sign. Well,
1: and it, that's another example, too, is we were talking yesterday. Uh, this was before I even saw the CPI numbers released. And I and I said, you know, oh, yeah, I read this recent Wall Street Journal article that said that food prices are the new inflation threat for governments and central banks. Uh, but in this new CPI release, uh, food prices are not going up. They're uh, relatively flat uh, month over month now. Big change year over year. But uh, yeah, and same with eggs. The trend is not. And and that could be, you know, a volatile thing. They're still up 13. I mean, yeah, 25%. 13 per- food's up
0: 13% year over year. So you still feel that because, yeah. you know, people don't feel those prices. I mean, some right away, but it's this is mm-hmm. up then this is up. And then it's just, you know, boiling frog situation. Yeah. Um, but we're feeling that even though, Matt, to your point, it's kind of it's flat. Mm-hmm. You know, all food is basically flat. It's stopped growing. And, you know, we saw some, you know, meaningful declines um, in, you know, quite a few sectors. You know, uncooked beef roasts you know, down 2.3% Matt just month to month. Wow. So, you know, now is a time maybe to go, um, barbecue and to do some you
1: know, Very good. I some wonder wondering what, what, what saw the biggest Ham. swing in the food? I think, oh, you know, yeah. maybe you think, you know, we benefited for Easter. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. That was
0: good. Hands on sale. Hands on Ham's sale. Still, still up 4.2% year over year. But, um, the Frankfurter's also a discount of 2.9%. have That we need, maybe we need to track that every week. Yeah, the Frankfurt <laughs> Index. But again, eggs month over month, Yeah, down almost 11%, but up 36% year over year. So we're still feeling the pain on eggs, but we were down mm-hmm. a couple bucks
1: and what and and this does you know even in our like silly examples with like ham and egg uh the bls support time that's a good point that's a good to <laughs> no, uh but even in that you see years. things you know they'll go down and they'll go up there is always a there there's always seems to be this like ripple effect where uh, there's some element of compensation and in there's going to be several graphs that, that that we'll bring up uh today where you can see where you know it, where things are going in general but there's always room for uh there's always a little bit room for variation and that's what's puzzling me about rents um mm-hmm. is you know we've talked about this for and i know when i this is kind of the elephant in the room but we've talked around rents and how they're a lagging indicator and um and you know even the fed earlier this year they released their own um versions of what they think rent how how rents should be maybe more accurately m- measured but the but the fact is um on the whole CPI rents are one year behind. Um, if you know, all things considered. Now there are certain things that can make that different, but we are arguably, and this is a this is a headline from a recent um, apartment list article that was written the same day that the CPI numbers came back. It's like, man, they they got to it quick. Oh, yeah. They said we are They're ready. probably at peaks, peak CPI rent. Rent of primary residence is at 8.8 right now, and it went up 0.5% month over month. Now, last month it went up 0.8 percent, and the month before that was 0.7 percent. And I looked in previous months, and it was all similar: 0.7, 0.8. It's in similar to have the month-over-month month change in rent of primary residence go down by 0.3 percent. It seems like a little, but it's a lot when you're talking about something that moves so slowly as um, as like CPI rents. And again, like we're it's like a rolling hill rather than a spike. And the argument is, and it's a really strong argument is there's we're going down now
0: yeah I mean to me it looks like a deceleration um a deceleration again we're looking at a year ago mm-hmm. and we've what why are we even Matt and we know what's going to happen I mean we, mm-hmm. we've already lived through again like do you want to bring what up our, there's where, a where we are yeah. while we are corporeal beings yep. you know they're very, you know, true. very true look at this from a nonlinear mm-hmm. perspective of looking at the timeline I mean yeah. we yeah. know with the last six, Six months were like rent declines across the nation, sl- certainly rent slowdowns. So the only couple markets in the nation that don't have that have mm-hmm. positive year over year rent growth. Yeah. Indianapolis, Miami. Um, but we know it's going to happen in CPI. So we know that inflation is going to come down. Now mm-hmm. we have that. So that's why it's almost like take inflation. Take shelter out. We know what's going to happen. Like, yeah. We know that story. Maybe exactly. we don't know the rest of this year, mm-hmm. and and that's what we're going to cover. You know, from the you know the, the back half of the episode of what's going on with rents today. Yeah, but it's it, it, it's watching. You know, the crash in slow motion. We, we know yeah. that inflation is going to come down. We know that things are slowing down, and that's why there's a fear of a recession. Yeah, um, but there's but there's still I think that. I think it's premature, Matt, and I, I'm curious if you're to say that inflation's you. over. That well, one that inflation's over, yeah, and two that like we are certainly going to have a recession. Oh, yeah. In Q4, I, I think that we are certainly set up for one. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but I think I that know. I mean Let's there see. has been it, it. We've said this during. It, it depends on how you how you define it. We could. Maybe have a, a recession that gets defined in we the, into a recession. We could maybe be in a recession right now. We don't know about it. Yeah. Um. I I think we're going to be in that hazy area between is it a contraction or a recession? Um. I don't I don't feel like we have a whole lot of crisis uh that we're building towards. Now I've seen uh, there were some other um, news articles that I come across in this past week where they were comparing you know how vulnerable we are. Compared to 2007, 2008, and, like, we're in a lot safer
0: position than we, were. we are. We are, but the, the one crisis that we do see out there, I think that, and, and it's not a crisis yet, but, again, it it's the slow motion, mm-hmm.
1: you
0: know, high frame rate yep. camera being played back. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm of the car sliding.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's only a little bit worse than it used I'm to like, be, and then I'm you take like, a look back and you're like, oh, I'm looking, think of commercial real estate. Yeah. I mean, okay,
0: we can, we're gonna talk about how how multifamily is looking pretty good right mm-hmm. now, from a performance standpoint. Yep. We know about the valuation story, where interest rates are, there's just, it's uncertain, there's pricing uncertainty, mm-hmm. there's, vol- there's volatility in pricing, there's not a lot of price discovery. And it, we can make a good argument for multifamily is gonna be relatively unscathed, even though there were gonna be some borrowers that are gonna be in trouble, in so well positioned. Multifamily is compared to other asset classes in commercial real estate, specifically mm-hmm. office, and then some other types of real estate that are also bought on you know floating rate um, mortgages yep. that may be coming to expire soon. There's just the fact is, and again, these may be good assets like that weren't bought at wrong price. Some people paid way more than they should have, mm-hmm. but a lot of these assets, you know, aren't necessarily. You know, they're, they didn't overpay too much relative to cost of construction, mm-hmm. but the market is what the market is and financing is what it is. And the market yeah. is what someone's willing to pay mm-hmm. and it can only pay, you know, a fraction, even though yep. it's below replacement value and below what someone may perceive, certainly the seller as fair market value. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, sorry, yeah. but that's the only way that the numbers work. Yes. It's, it's kind of a math.
1: And that's what the, and We'll get to it later, but there's this new Mark report where you'd think that that apartments were doing great because everything looks so great about it. the performance looks great, and and in their assessment they they say you know sales demand may be slow in the first half, um but but it'll be okay in the next half, uh and I'm I I'm just thinking back to uh this this idea of you know the performance is is against it but the numbers don't work and it's the same thing we're seeing in the home buying market the demand is there yeah we want to buy it but it's just too expensive and um short of you know i don't, i short of tragedy short of someone that is facing they're up against the wall like this i guess there's a Houston multifamily operator that uh that had to unload to had unload a bunch of units um just this past uh just this past week there was oh i put that in the newsletter on the last yeah. minute um, sign up. I mean, yeah. capital dot com slash newsletter. That's it's true. All right. And all these conversations I keep thinking, like, it may not be, it may not characterize the market. It may be these independent, these independent moments where someone's in trouble. You got to scoop that up and, and gradually.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing. If, if it's just these individual moments, you know, mm-hmm. these individual deals one at a time that yeah, that's not enough to move the market because yeah. like there's one deal and you know it may flow it out there but it's like that's not like oh the entire market's right there mm-hmm. um and someone who's like a year to buy you know may come up a little bit further because you know they want they want to
1: buy it yeah and so and uh, just to kind of square the circle here like the real upshot for them for for people looking at for multifamily investors kind of looking at the cpi um yes it's maybe kind of ability to pay rent um but also like what are the rates going to be what do you think the fed is going to do with and, and it almost seems like, just kind of considering what we were thinking about, they want to make sure that people are scared enough that this isn't going to all blow over. I think that they want to to create the impression in people's minds that this is going to be longer term than you think, that you can't just wait this out. You're going to have to make different decisions now Um, it, in order to, you know, it, it's not a wait and see thing. It's like, I think they want to create that situation where maybe people do so. And we were like, we can't get well, out of it. And that's yeah, that's the they, kind they of do. damage. In they the, do. The,
0: yeah, yeah. They want they want to bring it down enough mm-hmm. to cool things down, but they don't. They don't want to wreck. They really don't want to wreck things yeah, too yeah. much. I mean, we'll, do you believe Matt that the Fed believes that they are trying to accomplish a you know, soft landing, smooth landing, where there's no ideally no recession, but like inflation's down and all, all is good? Like, do you think that they're they? Do you think you know Jerome Powell sees him? He's like in a cockpit cockpit yeah yeah no and I, he, you know and he's you know on approach you know mm-hmm. is he trying to land that? you know is he actively trying to land the the I, aircraft the economy or is it just see i think that we have to go hard we have to go hard i'm gonna crash it we need
1: yeah, to crash because he's coming stuff. in he's coming in almost it almost seems like play chicken he's playing he's playing, playing chicken. he's playing much more he's yeah. going coming a lot faster when it comes you know when it comes to like rate rate hikes he wants he wants people to be a lot scarier that things aren't going to be great in the next well, few months. I, I know that 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 is what he wants needs us to believe. Mm-hmm. But do you think
0: that he believes that he actually can accomplish a soft landing? Prepare everyone for a recession and make everyone believe that there's oh. a recession. Because, so if if I was trying to accomplish that, I'm not saying that oh. I, I would or I or I could. Yeah, yeah. But wouldn't you? You you would you would wait until you see the whites of their eyes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right before the bulk of loan maturities begin to come due. Yeah, or a certain time that would be appropriate for you know mark-to-market you know adjustments to take place for lenders to be accommodative. So right before yeah you know rates drop yeah or in some way or some indication that rates are going to drop. So it's up here and mm-hmm. and we're past like people are like we never thought he would have held them up here mm-hmm. so long. Mm-hmm. We never thought every month they you know maybe the the increases stop but we're plateaued. You know, close to six percent. Yeah, they were like, "This isn't going to work. We can't refinance these loans at six percent. He's not doing anything. Why would he? he didn't change
1: last month. We thought Why? We could wait waste the south. Yeah, yeah.
0: And then, literally, at the last moment.
1: Yeah, hmm. that is back on the accelerator. Yeah, just, yeah. It'd be interesting then to know what the signals are that he's like. All right, now people really got the got the picture. Now I can.
0: Yeah, I think they got a little little bit of it with the banking crisis, but not enough. Yeah, that's, I think I think they're going to use a commercial real estate. I, as, I, I think that's think what that's, they're using.
1: That's like a really. I think that's a really compelling interpretation, and, and because you know, worst case scenario, like the. I think the impression of people is whether or not he thinks he's going to pull back at the last minute. Like uh, they think that he's going to be more hawkish mm-hmm. and he's he's going to be kind of a little bit more inured to the possibility of crisis than people were were thinking before. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I hate to. I mean, the the ideal case, why wouldn't he want to to pull it back? Right. I
0: mean, but yeah, that's why. I mean, the Federal Reserve's main tool is just is psychology and signaling like but, the interest rates are like not are they are important, obviously, mm-hmm. but not nearly as important as the site, you know, the.
1: And that's surprising because, like like I said, like the stock market reacted as with it was like a chilling effect when they read those Fed minutes. And I feel like there's a lot of people that really, really, really want to predict that that the rates are going to be lower. And uh, and that's going to be a hard thing for them not to be like, no, I trust. I trust that he's going to be secretly nice at the end. He has to make everyone I mean, believe. He's and not ra- be- I mean, rates are I mean, rates are lower.
0: people can't believe it now. I mean, the ten-year yeah. treasury is much. I mean, we're in below you know three and a half percent. I mean, so you know we have seen you know yeah. rate the rates come down. The market mm-hmm. is pricing that in. Yeah, uh, yeah. And you know the IMF came out earlier this week, I believe, and said that they believe that we're going back at two thousand nineteen. Mm-hmm um interest rate levels Hmm. like soon so so it's like you hear but you hear that and it's like are they is the imf saying that because they need the rates to be down that low because all these developing countries are literally going to you know yeah yeah not be able to Mm -hmm. continue without some incredible more you know more intervention yeah yeah um so yeah are we trying to will it into existence um Hmm. we're trying to will the recession to resistance and we and that's yeah Again, we get a recession, and maybe we have to flush it out of the system. I'd rather have a recession now mm-hmm. rather than drag this all out and have uncertainty, yeah, and volatility. Let's yeah. let's flush it out of the system again. Like we got it's the controlled burn. Mm-hmm. You know, we got all this dry timber out here, and you know, let's 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 get rid of all this. grass, burn up all this, you know, have yeah. grass in an ideal environment. You know, while we watch, while we know what we're doing mm-hmm. rather than.
1: Waiting for the you know lightning to strike or whatever. Yeah, and and my my kind of first conception of it that I was trying to paint is like, I, I think he does want to get in people's minds that this is going to take long enough where you are going to have to make a different decision, and I think that that in, that implies maybe a duration of like some of these decisions. There's a year wiggle room where where you're where you're like, well, can I wait it out or or can I not? Um, when it comes to like or the refinancing or buying or selling commercial real estate. Uh, do you want to hold on to it? Well, if it's a year, maybe not, but if it's three months or six months, maybe even nine months, there are some edge cases, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, he's got to strike that fear. You
0: know, I I think there's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of people who say, you know, are so certain about some things, whether interest rates are going to be lower, inflation is going to be higher for longer. Um, I, I think that, We need to remember, though, that there are some big forces out there that we've been on a track for a long time. Very true. You know, yeah, inflation can be higher for a couple of years and interest rates along with that should be higher as well. But I I think we need to remind ourselves about technology, Mm -hmm. you know, the conversations of, of AI. And this sounds like a tangent, but it's not, Matt. I mean, it relates to... Inflationary forces and deflationary Mm -hmm. forces over the long time where interest rates are going. I mean, even over a period of inflation, I mean, look, look at the deflation in technology, Mm -hmm. even in this inflationary period. Um, Smartphones, Matt, smartphones year over year are down 23%. That's incredible. Um, TV's are about down, I think, 10%. Education and communication commodities are down 10%. Information
1: technology commodities down 11%. And that's interesting because that's you're not seeing the exact same stuff for the car and the used car market. Television's down
0: 14%. Video equipment's down 3.5%. Video and audio rider products down 5.5%. Used cars and trucks are also now down 11%. All right. Well, okay, 11%. That's, that's actually yeah. pretty
1: good. <laughs> yeah. I take that back.
0: We are going to continue to be a more productive and efficient, efficient society. That's one of the reasons why we've had lower interest rates. Yeah, it's a lot of artificial, you know, talk about you know central banking and you know, mm-hmm. growing governments not in yeah. that. But we're also we've created more efficient, you know, financial systems, more efficient market, better at pricing yeah. things. We have more information. Mm-hmm. I mean, think here. Here's the way I like to think about it. Real think about in a way, in real estate context. Yeah. Real estate investing back in, you know, called the 50s, 60s, and 70s, the, the returns were much higher. The interest rates were, well, at least in the 70s and 80s were higher, but not necessarily in the 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. Higher than they were in the last 10 years, but not as high in the 60s and 70s. But the returns were way higher. Yeah. You know, way, way, I mean, like, you could get, like, 15% cash on cash, 20% cash on cash, mm-hmm. by year one. Yeah. You know why? Because no one, People really didn't have all like information. You know, people, were, yeah. people don't have Excel. Mm-hmm. People don't have CoStar. People yeah. don't have you know smart pricing information. Like people are you know doing a, on the you know, back of a napkin mm-hmm. using you know using a slide ruler and using round numbers and getting it pretty close. Mm-hmm. And it, and that's and that works pretty you get pretty close. Yeah, and you can make some money. And you're like, well, we thought we were going to make you know. Forty percent, we ended up making fifty percent, or we thought we were gonna make sixty percent, we made thirty percent. Yeah. You know, it's just a wide swath. There's a lot of variation, standard deviation is really wide and, and so that volatility equals risk. So mm-hmm. there's more risks you don't know. Yeah. I don't really know, but I don't really know about the market. Mm, okay. And, and so yeah. that becomes a again, higher risk, it leads to higher rates, yeah, higher higher returns, potential returns, also potential higher losses. Yeah. As we have more information, we can get information quicker. Mm-hmm. creates a more efficient system. That's why, like the stock market, is a it's a pricing mechanism. Is um, it so efficient? You have people mm-hmm. transactions, people making decisions, people's thoughts on the future are recorded in the form of a price. You know, at fractions of second. You know, through the, throughout the trading day. You know, and something like you know risk asset like Bitcoin, you know twenty four seven. Yeah. So while real estate, we don't have the transparency that like the stock market has. We have a lot more information and ability to analyze and be really critical today than we did twenty, thirty, forty years ago. It's yeah. like that throughout the economy. Mm-hmm. And think about now: we can communicate quicker, we can be more productive, we can get more things done. Things all of a sudden, that efficiency creates in many ways less risk. Now we can miss price risk also because you have a zero mm-hmm. percent risk-free rate. How do you price in that risk? Yeah, yeah. And you discount risk because everything is good. So. There can be some mispricing of risk, you know, as well, but we're moving towards a more, we've become more efficient over the last, I mean, the trend over the last couple hundred years and thousand years is more efficiency Mm -hmm. and, and increase of
1: technology, which makes things relatively cheaper now. Yeah. Well, and it's hard to not see, and, and now you breathed the word AI, (laughs) but it's hard not to see that, you know, that's. Some people are doing the work of 10, two people doing the work yeah. of 10 people. Um, I don't know where the jobs are going to go. That is, that is a, a big fear. And it is, you know, there will be some, it will be sad and bad for people. I'm not going to say, oh, there's going to be some adjustment. Uh, no,
0: but it's going to be cheaper. Let me ask you this. How many jobs has AI created versus destroyed year to date?
1: Oh, right now there, I mean, it, they, I don't think it's destroyed many I jobs.
0: I about but how many, what's the
1: net? Oh, I have no idea.
0: I guarantee you, thousands upon thousands of jobs have been created because of AI. And, and I don't believe many, yeah, destroyed.
1: yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I'm sure that they're. At I think this companies point, have become more mm-hmm, productive. Mm-hmm. I think people. I think oh, the employees have become more productive. The productivity gains will far in the value of the the money saved are, yeah. is going to be a lot more than than the lost wages of these people. But that, but again, it's going to be an adjustment, yes, yeah. of pain. But it's going to make things cheaper. Yeah. Pe-
0: people people, yeah. No, there's gonna be some shake up and I'm not saying people won't lose their jobs to AI. I just mm-hmm. think that it's going to in general create more wealth and prosperity um than it will, you know, detract from. Yeah. I I, I believe. Again, it's all how things lay out and you know, who who's actually, you know, writing mm-hmm. the, the scripts and yep. whatnot. Yep. Matt, just to you know, again, put a book in on this macro talk, yes. really quick. I mean, we've uh Jay Reeder, um CIO here at Great Capital, sent us a graph showing some savings rates and credit card debt. And and it was a little alarming because basically, you know, well, let's look at some of the graphs right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Here, we've got the personal savings rate. I mean, you know, back in the 60s, I mean, it was 10%. Now, again, you were not earning some interest in your bank account back then, especially in the 70s. It really spiked here back in uh, 1975. Um, Now, Matt, yeah, so 17.3% you get in the savings account in 1975. Is that the case?
1: No, I think this is the amount of... Uh, this is the... the amount of people who are saving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of people were saving. Yeah. Of course. Um, so,
0: I mean, people were saving quite a bit in 1975, mm-hmm. but in the pandemic, as, you know, stimulus tech, checks were going out, um, the money printer was going, um, burr. it we peaked at... What is this, Matt? I can't That's even get like on. 33. 33 um, was the personal savings rate. But prior to the pandemic, Matt, though, we were... It wasn't great. Mm-hmm. It, it it was it wasn't bad though. It had actually been increasing for a while. Back in twenty nineteen, we we're basically at eight point nine. Yep, it had been trending up since the uh, basically you know kind of twenty thirteen post GFC. But since uh, man, since that peak back in twenty twenty, we've seen some significant declines, and all the way down to a rate of two point seven, which is a rate we haven't seen since um really two thousand and five okay so
1: i'm going to do some pattern recognition here no. yeah, yeah, yeah oh so Jeez. not technical <laughs> <laughs> i know i believe uh technical analysis so you see we see in this graph this is for the listeners uh it's you know squiggly line it follows a general trend and then there's uh, and then there's a few times within this scope there's a graph yeah <laughs> yeah exactly there's, there's, a line graph. there's a chart there's a line sometimes graph. there's a sharp spike up And then it sinks down a little lower than, and then there's kind of like a reverse ripple effect. It like it right in like 1976, it spikes up and then goes down. What I'm looking at specifically though is in that 2013, that pattern it spiked up and then it went a little bit lower and then it kind of came back up again. We and 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 so skip forward 10 years or so, and now we're we are in the way we are just now crawling out of the descent.
0: Because from the last spike the spike in 2012 when it hit 11.16 that's post geo that's really kind of yeah i tight post you know recession out of the recession it's it i would be interested to know and it drops I, I, yeah there may be you know some something i have right here yes yeah. february of 2013 well i mean we did have a little bit of a you know, drop in, in the market
1: so and you can also see in, two, in in like 2004 2005 it spikes up and then it goes down it kind of climbs up again i think now this is my this is my sunny rose colored glasses thing i think that things got really bad at the end of last year and then we're kind of crawling ourselves crawling our way out of it we're still vulnerable in terms of credit um what but, do you mean what do you, when what do you mean when things got really bad it just well that it that was low. when the savings rate was yeah. the lowest it was was late late fall last year and i think so we were trending up so we've bottomed we've bottomed that's what up. i think yes bottomed down.
0: yep i, I i'd agree um now it's low but it's like That in itself is not, um, I think, enough to be like, oh, we're heading over the cliff. Yeah. This uh, credit card um, and other revolving plans, consumer loans, um, looking at credit cards and other things, while this is not good, the trajectory Uh we're on, I I think it kind of, um, it tracks in a a sense that's not too outside of kind of the path that we were on pre-pandemic. It just shows the difference is um, you know, the credit card debt went down when we were getting all those payments and, mm-hmm, down. Mm-hmm. and, you know, people have started putting money on their credit cards as that savings has dried up. I mean, there's a pretty corollary effect between the two. Yeah. Um, and it's the the rate of increase. The slope is definitely steeper. I think what we'd like, it'd be concerning if that continues and doesn't level off, mm-hmm. I guess. Yes. Yeah. And I'm looking, I'm really talking about the rate of change um and, and just to like, see see the in, in more detail, mm-hmm. it's really not. It, it's pretty like you know forty five degrees to the right, man. Yeah. yeah. Um. And, and we and prior to that, it was not nearly as steep. Yeah. An angle, but not really outside of the line of. Mm-hmm.
1: It's, and uh, my quite kind of point too is that the these stories that we're hearing about these you know the credit and savings situation. They kind of talk about it as though we're in an, impen- an impending doom. And if we are in doom, it's not necessarily impending. We're just really v-
0: pretty vulnerable right, right now. Vulnerable. And, and, that, and that's where it's like, that, whether it's commercial real estate business, again, in a vacuum may not be the end of the world. But again, mm-hmm. if layoffs start happening and all of a sudden people you know people can't start keep paying their minimum balances on their credit cards. Yeah. Yeah. Not everybody's paying it all off, even though they should be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, then you can start seeing some dominoes roll over and, you know, we, there's a lot of, um, you know, car, um, auto loans that's yeah, to, that yeah. are ha- having issues. So the the consumer's not in a great spot right now. Um, mm-hmm. so I think vulnerable, Matt, um, uh, wh- how you described it is <sighs> apt and good. Um, Matt, let's talk about multifamily. Mm-hmm. We've talked a lot of tangents to multifamily. Let's get into the details. We've got the Yardy matrix mm-hmm. national report, March, 2023. Vira is a familiar city here, Matt. Once again, on on the cover, I'm I'm getting
1: uh getting used to it. You know what? I wonder if they have Yardi Matrix because Indianapolis has graced the cover of Yardi Matrix National Multi Family Report uh for a number of months. I wonder if they Why? have to hire a photographer now because they're taking so many pictures of oh, Indianapolis. They need a yeah. I, and and I, you asked why, and I think uh, I, I think it might be because we've been leading the year over year and month over month lists for rent growth. I think it's because we had Paul Furillo. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. I think, I think we've been able to <laughs> well, it, it also, the market. It certainly helps that Indianapolis has done so incredibly well, and and also it uh, you look at the there's a recent CoStar report or Apartments dot com um, report that also notes the uh, strength of the Indianapolis apartment market as well.
0: Well, just their headline, Matt. Multi-family rents advance as economic doubt swirls. Um, that's mm-hmm. kind of what we've been talking about all day. All this economic doubts. Let's move on from the economic doubt. We, we doubts. We know what that's like. Um, but they're saying demand's remaining firm. The first bullet point: multi-family rents rose slightly in March. The average U.S. asking rent rose three dollars in March to seventeen oh six. Year-over-year year, growth fell to 4% nationally, 90 basis points less than the February. from February and the lowest level since rents started an unprecedented climb in April of 2021. Yep. Next, although financial markets remain volatile due to the collapse of several banks, multifamily property fundamentals are stable. Rents in the national occupancy rate were unchanged during the first quarter of 23 and 21 of the top 30 matrix, matrix metros recorded rent gains in March. Uh, third and final point is single family rate. Rental rate increased in March by $5 to 2079, while the year over year increase fell by 80 basis points to 2.8%. Occupancy also decreased 10 basis points in February. Matt, um, it's still early. And I, mean, I think it's still early, but you know we are seeing some signs. I mean, just looking at this graph. You can see the dip, you can see the plateau and the slowdowns and now a little bit of a lip up again. It's like promising, but I think there's a a lot of um, wood to be knocked.
1: Yeah. And um, and there it's a market by market difference, too, is, is pretty sharp here. And there's a lot of big markets that are down that may be pushing the national average down a little bit because, you know, you're looking at looking at Indianapolis, Kansas City and New York, actually. All of them around like 7%. That's far, far from the 4% average.
0: Yeah. The national average is, you know, there's only a handful of metros that are really above the national a- average As mm-hmm. Matt, to your point, there's such a big disparity right now between the top and the bottom with Indianapolis coming out on top. Um, what do they say? 8% Matt, uh, year over year rent growth? Something like that. Um, yeah. There, they, they, It's right here. Yeah. 8.6. Yeah. 8. That's 8. pretty sick. Yeah. Pretty that's good. pretty good. Um, Compared to down at Phoenix, which is really lagging. Um, looking at losses, uh, closer to negative, what is this, Matt? Um, like 2.5, percent yeah. something like that. Um, only Las Vegas and Phoenix are negative though. I think that's important yeah. to note, um, with markets like Austin, which has been, uh, well, you know, f- having some headwinds in terms of demand, a lot of new supply coming online. Um, it, it's positive, um, a two point with 2.8% being the 10 year average. Yeah, it's just good yeah, yeah, over time as a good so, benchmark. So for national for average context. again, yeah for context, yeah. but you know, we should be seeing a little bit stronger, you know, yeah. this part in the leasing season again, mm-hmm. that's where we're waiting to see, you know, okay, when we get um through, you know, April really into May, mm-hmm. we really should see some stronger numbers. And is it going to be positive at Tebbit? That's still not, you know, that that's fine. Mm-hmm. It's really not that bad relative to it's not relative to, you know, again, average rent growth, but we have to be reminded, we've got some, ex- we have some headwinds in all the family industry yeah, yeah. on the expense side. Yeah. So, you know, we're talking about oh, revenue, yes. revenue all day, revenue is re- great. You know, you can only cut so many expenses, mm-hmm. you know, you gotta bring the revenue to make it work, but man, there are some costs that are that's, hard to control. That's what 2023 is for sure. And if you don't, and if you've got some, you know, if you got cont- costs that are very hard to control, like you know, such as, you know, taxes or insurance, mm-hmm. um, utilities you can control to an extent. Um, most, sometimes not all the time, to a degree, um, payroll, um, you know, again, you can be smart and strategic, but you've got a lot of costs that are increasing. Yeah. And so, yeah, you might be having rents increase by, you know, 3%, but if you got your expenses increasing by five or six, it was not good. It's not, it, it, your margins are just getting, um, yep. chopped pretty thin. Then the whole factor, if you're on a floating rate loan and you're, you're, uh, um, interest payments you know your debt service uh payments are going up as well you could have a great performing property you'd be 100 occupied even you raise rents okay. residents love you yeah you've got great reviews mm-hmm. and you even you even could be hitting you, all of your noi targets mm-hmm. but you know your interest rate has you know doubled or tripled yeah you know you're not, you're not cash flowing or you're you're close to break even yeah um if everything's going the right now what if all your interest rates, you know, tripled, and things aren't going well. You know, you're not 100% occupied. Yeah. You haven't raised rents. Your expenses have gone up, but you are you went from 93, now you're at 85. You haven't been able to raise rents. You're going mm-hmm. give away concessions. People aren't paying rent. It is, uh, it is- The gonna... pool's broken.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's hard to imagine that, like, why it... it's weird that we're not seeing more because- I just know, you know, from just from like here in the beginnings and ends of some of the conversations that like uh, and and reading about it, obviously, is like this is the time when belts are tightening. Expenses are going up and this Newmark report that I'll reference again. It has a good chart of expected uh, of expected rent growth and expected expense growth. Mm. And um, and for most of America, the expenses are expected to grow more than the rents.
0: Well, Matt, if you're all right, uh, l- let's jump right to it. Yeah, let's um, do it. Because, you know, go check out the rest of the yard report. Sign up for the newsletter. Mm-hmm. Um, get all those reports mm-hmm. and a lot more. Greatcapitalllc.com slash newsletter. I'll subscribe let you do this one. But subscribe while you're at it. But anyway, um, so Matt, multifamily, Newmark. Yeah. Interesting report. Give us give us a break.
1: Yeah. So this is a, it's they call it like, I think their value, valuation and asset. Basically, it's a uh, North American market survey where they get provide a decent overview, a bunch of commercial real estate. And uh, not a whole lot of fluff in the beginning. They jump right into it. as This
0: is the answer the to the what is a what is a good cap rate, whatever that means, mm-hmm. for, you know, uh, suburban class A asset on the East Coast. What is a good cap rate? You know, yeah. most people look at you like, oh, well. I got to get a lot more information from you before I can start to answer that question. But they've got a, a little bit of a um, some numbers here, Matt. Now, tell me, is this a survey or this is actual data? Because this is a survey. We, yeah, these rates of were
1: provided by V&A market leaders yeah, based exactly. on a survey.
0: Yeah, So um so so exactly so what is a good cap rate well you know it's all in the eye of the beholder so there's very little like actual real cap rate data it's almost all surveys which Mm -hmm. is opinions of like people's knowledge of cap
1: rates it's not like actual transaction data very very rarely that it is not that it can't be right i will say that like yeah, not that can be right. it but sometimes to know the the relative value can kind of get you there Maybe you they're not gonna nail it absolutely
0: oh there there's there's tons of value in this, yeah, yeah, you know, this is from market professionals, mm-hmm. brokers, people I mean, just if it's like knowing that this is their opinion, well, the brokers, these guys think that the cap rates yeah, they may not be, but it's good to know what their opinion of it is. Mm-hmm. um we're not gonna I can't read down this whole list map, but there's still a lot of cap rates that are starting with a four, yep, um but there's also some and there's some that starts with a six, Matt. Tell me what central is. Central,
1: I is think, Midwest? is the middle west of America. A, that's just the middle part. And I think that it it probably is inclusive of some great plains. You get some great plains in there. Just yeah. So
0: and if that's the case, you know, I I think that this maybe not too far off. I mean, in, in yeah. fact, I'm going to show this to a couple brokers when we're putting in some offers. Mm-hmm. You know I mean. So first West Coast. I'm not gonna read them all, but you know, again, range. Nothing's in the five. It's all a range of four. Mm-hmm. A multifamily CBD Class A at 4.42, um, all the way to suburban Class B at 4.9. So they're basically saying mid fours to a five cap in the on the West Coast. Um, sure, you know, I get. They've always had low carb rates out there. Fine, you know, it. May, okay. So central Midwest, basically CBD downtown A class, 5.28. Um, man, you talk to the multifamily brokers here in, um, in the Midwest oh. they will disagree. Yeah. <laughs> um, but me personally, yeah, I think that makes sense. It should be. Multifamily suburban class B 6.2. I mean, yeah, uh-huh. That's where that, 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 that's where that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I, I would say the more this, but like there's very little market data support this. There's a little bit, there's yeah. a, there's a little bit, but there's not a ton of price discovery in this area. Like there's, there's yeah. a little bit. And I guess it's maybe the, all we
1: have to go off of. Yeah. Um, the, and, and this could be, you know, like these are the numbers that would make things work. <laughs> some of them, better. yeah, exactly. I'm like, who's, oh yeah, where it, let's find those deals? Also in this chart, so they have. I don't know. Maybe I need a seven cap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to the right of those cap rates, and I, you, you're going right, to have to answer gonna have to answer a couple questions oh, because i uh I'm sorry i didn't the scroll i forward. was doing some re- oh no, no no that's fine scroll there's forward. enough you know come for the cap rates and go for the and stay for these other uh the these other values they also have the discount rate which i'm gonna need again like i want to figure out how they how it's used in this context because i know the definition of it the textbook but i'd like to know how how it's being used here and then they have the rent uh, importantly the rent growth rate and the expense growth rate um everywhere except for what is it the south and the central so central is rents are even with expenses Mm -hmm. south rents are a little bit above expenses but for united states average uh expense growth is greater than rent growth how do you how do you get around that
0: exactly and that's why i've been saying matt that uh when you have revenue that's decreasing Mm -hmm. and expenses that are rising yeah so you got you know noi Declining, yeah. You've got cap rates increasing, and the formula cap rate formula is um you know NOI divided by your cap rate equals your value. Mm-hmm. So again, NOI, the numerator. I don't know much about math, but I know this. I know this. I know this one. Mm-hmm. NOI is going down, divided by cap rate going up. Mm-hmm. It's not good it's a smaller number yeah yeah and you press equals
1: yeah that's a good point
0: <laughs> yeah um it's it just pretty straight math and it's like uh not a linear like one for one it's like it's a lot worse mm-hmm. on your valuation um so that's that's what that means and that, and that's what the concern is um uh, matt to be honest uh, i'm not sure how they're using discount rate here in, yeah in in, in, the, in this context um, i had some discussions uh, other with- the, other than this is the i mean this is you know the this is the basically this is their interest rate that you're going to need to buy the, the asset. Okay. And okay. so they're basically saying that you're basically have a negative spread. Um, You're basically you're borrowing at six and a half.
1: But you're going to be buying at 4.2. It is the way that I'm. Um, um, and see, I was wondering too, because there's also an, a, a definition enormous. of discount rate as the, um as the net present value of future earnings. And I know, okay. and, uh, but my, but my real point is, yeah. is th- this graph? It showcases a situation in the multifamily market where, uh, first of all, there's not a whole lot of buyers. We already we already know that, um, but the expenses are rising faster than the rents, and it, that's going to be difficult to get around. And it's going to make it, uh, like Mark as Zuckerberg has said, a year, uh, an era of of efficiency. And ha- as you just illustrated earlier, it's a complicated. You know, there are so many levers, so many details to manage and keep expenses down and, and it's a full-time job and uh, my hats are off to all these asset managers and property managers in making these decisions and staying on top of everything to make sure the costs come down because that's going to be the challenge in
0: 2023. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. I mean, that's why I mean, we've been focused on um, operations, getting expenses, control, centralization, mm-hmm. um, being efficient, you know, how can you use technology? And, and honestly, you know, necessity is mother of all invention, right? So it's, yeah. like we have, you know, you're, you can be inefficient until you, you can get away with being inefficient yep. until all of a sudden, you know, it's pointed out. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work. And That's so funny. it's an opportunity for the industry to become more efficient, but it's not, again, if you've got, um, if you do a skinny deal. Yeah. Which a lot of people are doing <laughs> skinny deals. I know a lot of skinny deals, not our deals, but a lot of skinny deals out there. Yeah um it's getting. they're gonna require some capital and some backbone and there's some good operators out there that can they're just getting to deal but they're gonna be able to figure it out and there's gonna be some op- bad operators that aren't gonna be able to figure it out mm-hmm. so um let's all buckle up yeah get ready for a good ride all right <laughs> matt anything else i you know before we wrap up any,
1: anything else we should uh, touch on that was a great report uh we're going go for you that? know so i would go i'm gonna put this in the in the notes but if you want to uh if you want to sign up for the newsletter these all of these articles were in the newsletter. Um, one one article that we didn't is, get. Is it is it, a, is it a good news? Like oh, is, it is good? probably the best good, good. multifamily newsletter uh, that's out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. uh, maybe in the world, I think. Um, at yeah. least a, a, at least in the nation.
0: No, that's <laughs> what it was rated as. All right, well, according to um,
1: rating, several, rating several agency. Reports.
0: Yeah, yeah. Thank you for taking your time watching or listening to this edition of the Gray Report. Catch us next week and every week talking about the family, industry, the economy. Um, It's going to be different next week, Matt. We'll be here to tell the story. Yeah. Okay. Thank you.